Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm Craig. Uh, thanks, uh, Sam, for those of you who are wondering. And I have the privilege of uh, being one of the elders here at Riverside Community Church, and it's a joy to be here with you tonight. Uh, just on those announcements that Sam made, I was at the last prayer meeting that we had. We do it once a month, and last month we prayed for uh, North Korea, and it was such an incredible time uh, to be praying uh, for the persecuted church there. Another opportunity for us to do that, and I really encourage you. It was quite a highlight um, of an event for the past while. What is the most expensive thing that you have ever borrowed from someone or lent someone? A little while ago, it was last year, somebody lent me their car to go into another country. And it was a very expensive car. In fact, the most expensive car I'd ever driven before in my life. And they just let me take it to another country. But what happens when we use something that doesn't belong to us? Somebody's loaned something to us. Uh, what I used or what I said in the moment when uh, this person lent me the car was that I'll take care of it as best as I can. I promise you I'll look after it with my life. And how often do we say that when, uh, this is very loud, hey, is it all right? Cool. So we say those things, right, when we borrow something from someone or when we loan something to someone, the, the responsibility and the weight of that goes right up. And we, we feel uh, the weight and the responsibility of uh, borrowing something from someone. Uh, this is a value that we are busy instilling in my children. We have recently got library cards. And in fact, it's such a highlight for my kids. Edith, my daughter, she's two. She overheard my wife and I talking about the library because I was planning to return the books uh, that we had out. And she thought she was going to be going with to the library and ran into a room and changed into smarter clothes. And that's how she started to love and value uh, the library. And uh, part of uh, this ownership and, and loaning and, and borrowing and understanding the weight that comes with it is something we've had to sink quite deep into my children quite quickly uh, with them realizing that we have to look after these books because they're not our own. And we have to uh, cherish them. We've got to return them in, a, in the same uh, state that they came to us. And it's uh, something that's been quite fun, and watching them learn and grasp this value. We've had one or two disastrous moments, but for the most part, they've really uh, understood the reality of ownership and stewardship. And this is something that we get, right? We all understand ownership. We've borrowed things, we own things, we've loaned things. And this is something that we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Now, we're starting a new series, and we're going to be talking about ownership and we're going to be talking about stewardship. And we're calling this series God and Money. And some of you who might be visiting for the first time are going, oh my word, I've walked into a church and the pastor's talking about money. Uh, that's okay. If anything, as a church, we have undertaught uh, about money and we've not spoken about it nearly enough. But yes, for the next few weeks, we are going to be talking about God, and we're going to be talking about money. We're going to be talking about managing God's money. Now, why do we do this? Why talk about money? Well, the reality is every single one of us use money every single day. Our society can't function without money. All of us um, are either studying to get a job, or we have a job, or looking for a job to get money. 
And then we use that money to engage and facilitate whatever lifestyle that we're wanting to live. And so money is a big part of our lives. Yes, I understand we don't like to talk about money. In fact, uh, some of you might be sitting here tonight with just a whole bunch of different emotions around money right, right now wishing that you had a lot more money in your bank account. You might be in a situation where you've overspent and you spend more money than what you have and have the, the pressure of mounting debt in your life. Some of you don't earn money because you're still at home and it's uh, what your parents give you and you're really hoping that uh, they would hear this message and, and open up their hearts towards you. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you guys have uh, done really well uh, with your lives and been wise with your money and now wondering, well, what do I do with my wealth? Another reason why we talk about money is because Jesus spoke about money. And because we preach from the Bible and uh, that is central to who we are and what we do here at Riverside, uh, when we preach the Bible, we're going to come across the passages where Jesus spoke about money and possessions. And because Jesus did it, we get to do it. And in fact, Jesus said some very hard things uh, when it came to money. And one of the things he once told someone was, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And because Jesus said hard things about money, we get to say and can say uh, some hard things in what the Bible teaches and speaks about money. But also we quite recognize as a church that money and church has caused a lot of trouble for a lot of people. And we know that there might be a lot of us here tonight who have been hurt quite badly in previous church experiences uh, by a bad pastor who uh, taught badly about money or a church who had a very bad and, and an incorrect uh, motive for money and the way they used money and manipulated for money. And you might be quite hurt or disillusioned by that. And we recognize that um, as a church and as a leadership. And so because of that, there are a couple of things that we trust in God for uh, with this series. And especially if you've been hurt in the past uh, by a church with regards to money, our prayer is that God would heal you of that during this time. And if you have been exposed to bad or incorrect teaching and you have a bit of confusion or a bit delusioned around what the Bible teaches about money and finances and possessions, we pray that God will bring absolute clarity to you about what His Word says and what His heart is for money and our possessions. And that also every single one of us would be moved by faith uh, to trust God more uh, with what he has given us and, and be better equipped and so live more in light of what God's heart is for our finances, for everything that we have uh, in this world. The series, we've uh, been reading a book called Managing God's Money by a guy by the name of Randy Elkhorn. That's going to be a lot of our source uh, material uh, it's a great book, and I actually really recommend you, uh, recommend that you go and get that book. You can uh, get it on Kindle, an ebook, or uh, just uh, get the book. It's great. Uh, it will challenge you in a big way, but that has uh, kind of shaped some of our thinking where we're going over the next weeks with this. And so that is what we're doing. Please. Don't run away. I know people get scared when as soon as the pastor starts to talk about money, they think we have ulterior motives. No. Uh, we think it's important that we hear again what God's word has to say about this. 
And so tonight is a way of introduction. We're going to be talking about ownership and stewardship. And some stories to get us going. A guy by the name of John Wesley, you might have heard of him, the guy who started the Methodist movement. And John Wesley uh, was busy, and this is how the story goes. A, a man rode up to John Wesley on a horse and calling him and going, John, John, your house has just burnt down to the ground. Now, if we had to hear that kind of news, uh, that could be quite devastating for us and the emotions of everything that's in our home that we would have potentially lost due to that fire. But his response to this messenger, he kind of took a pause as the story goes, and he said, no, the Lord's house is burnt down. That means less responsibility for me. Another story as well just inspire us to think differently and to start thinking differently of ownership and stewardship. A man by the name of, of Jerry Caven. Jerry Caven, a very successful businessman. He owned a, a chain of restaurants. He owned a couple of banks. I mean, if you're owning banks, that's quite significant. Uh, several real estate ventures. And as he was approaching retirement and thinking what to do with the next season of his life, and uh, this is uh, kind of what he writes about it, is going that God opened up doors for him to start putting money overseas. And what that started to look like was they were able to put more money and more time into missions in India. And uh, I'm just going to read a quote by him as he talks about what happened in his life. Just hear these words. Once we understood that we were giving away God's money to God's work, we discovered peace and joy we never had back when we thought the money was ours. I'm going to read it again. Once we understood that we were giving away God's money to God's work, we discovered a peace and a joy we never had back when we thought the money was ours. Really some challenging perspectives of what it means to understand ownership and stewardship. So John Wesley and uh, Jerry Cavan, they had something in common that I think all of us need to start thinking through. And this is what they had. It was a life-changing understanding of God's ownership and our stewardship. That a life-changing understanding of God's ownership and our stewardship. I mean, some of you might have actually even never really understood or, or heard of the word stewardship. It's not a word that is common in our vocabulary. And I love this definition of stewardship. If you uh, take notes, uh, this is something that you, you should take down for tonight. The definition of stewardship is someone an owner entrusts with the management of his assets. Someone, an owner, entrusts with the management of his assets. Because there can be no understanding of stewardship until there's an acute awareness of ownership. And a steward cannot do his job well without clearly grasping who owns and who does not own. What has been entrusted to him. So when it comes to ownership... Uh, scripture is very clear as to who is the owner of all things. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go through a number of verses um, together. They're going to come up onto the screen. I'm going to read them together. And uh, I want us to feel the combined, uh, the cumulative weight of all of these verses. 
Again, take notes. Write down these references. Read them again in the week as you get yourself into this journey that we're going on to or going into together. So Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. The land must not be sold. This is uh, the Lord speaking to his people. The land must not be sold permanently because the land is mine. You reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom and you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Who has a claim against me that I must pay? Everything under heaven belongs to me. For every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Can you feel the weight of all of those verses speaking directly to the ownership of everything is the Lord? You might be thinking even, well, okay, but, you know, I make my own money, right? So it's, I studied, I got the degree, I got the qualification, I got the job, it's my business or my company. Not only does God own everything, but he even determines how much of his wealth he will entrust to us. Two more verses just to, to add to the weight of understanding ownership. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And in Samuel 2, 7, the Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. Everything is the Lord's. He is the owner of all things. And then we come in as stewards. I mean, even if you think of an example from the financial world, uh, people who look after our finances are called financial managers. And the job of a financial manager is to do what is in the best interests of his clients. Uh, no financial manager acts in his own free will. He doesn't just uh, do what he likes with uh, clients' money. He can't do that because he manages the assets and the finances of his clients. He's a financial manager. That's so why I, um, I like the idea of uh, a good stewardship and understanding a, a good example of good stewardship is uh, thinking it like this. It's properly serving as God's asset managers. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself as, as I'm someone who manages God's money, someone who manages God's assets that he has entrusted to me. Therefore, this requires us to constantly be living in light of God's ownership, understanding 
what it means for God to own everything. That same guy I mentioned earlier, John Wesley, uh, he had a very interesting uh, decision-making process when it came to making purchases. I don't know if any of you are thinking about making a purchase uh, sometime this week. Uh, He had four questions that he asked himself every time he made a purchase. Here they are. In spending this money, am I acting as if I owned it? Or am I acting as the Lord's trustee? What scripture passages require me to spend this money in this way? Number three, can I offer this purchase as a sacrifice to the Lord? Meaning, Lord, am I buying this for you and for your kingdom? Or is this for self-gratification? Is this just solely for me? And this last question is, is quite a hectic one that he asked himself, will God reward me for this expenditure at the resurrection of the just? Four big questions that he asked every single time he made a purchase because he was acutely aware of God's ownership and that he was God's steward in all of the resources that he had. And if we really believe that God is the owner of all that has been entrusted to us, shouldn't we be asking similar questions? Maybe to sum up those questions into one question that you can start asking as you step out into faith, as you think more in terms of your role and my role as a steward and as God who is owner of all things. Here's a question to write down to start asking. And again, I don't want some of you guys to be fooled into thinking this doesn't apply to me because of how little I own. But here's the question. What do you want me to do with your money and your possessions. Again, here's the question. God, what do you want me to be doing with your money and your possessions? Because this then should open us up to the possibility that God might be leading us to be giving away large uh, amounts of the resources that he has entrusted us with for those whose needs are far greater than our own. So where does stewardship fit into the Christian life? The reality is that God expects us uh, to use all the resources that he has given us to meet uh, what he has required of us and the responsibilities he has given us to the furthering of his kingdom. And that doesn't just mean money. It's money, it's my possessions, It's my time, it's my abilities, it's my house, it's caring for the planet. As stewards, my primary job is to be found faithful with everything that the Lord has entrusted me with. More than money, more than possessions, it's everything that I have. As I said, it's my time, it's my family, my relationship. Your business that the Lord has given you should should be asking, well, Lord, how do I use this for your kingdom? We have homes. Lord, how can I use this home for your kingdom? All our assets, all our resources, all our wealth to be used uh, for the Lord. So many of our problems that we experience 
are often stemmed from what happens when we take our focus off of God being in charge, that God is, is the boss. And when we lose kind of that focus, that's when problems start to creep in. An extension of that problem is that we even forget that God's not just boss, but he is owner and creator. How many of us have served under a bad manager? You know, maybe a, a manager has come in to an office space and, and, and made some calls and, and called us to do some stuff that we've really not enjoyed. And so at tea break, we're grumbling with staff um, at the behavior of this manager. I don't know if you've ever had the owner come in and call some shots. We do what the owner says. We behave quite differently in light of uh, things that the owner says. We behave differently with a manager or a bad manager. We never grumble too much against the owner. There's just something different about the will of an owner of something. It's important that we keep grasping and deepening our understanding of what it means in light of God's ownership. So you know what we, we tend to do is we hold tightly onto stuff. And what we're gonna maybe push back even in this series is we're gonna try and hold tighter onto the things that we own. But God's gonna want us to let go of the, that power that things, possessions, money, uh, that, that hold that it has on us. That power, that prestige that comes from the kind of status of a car or a suburb where we live in. There are a couple of things that happen when we relinquish control of ownership. So the moment that I release ownership of the things in my life, I'm no longer God. What we do is, uh, so many of ourselves have built uh, a world around us with our possessions and our wealth and the kind of homes that we live in and the, the lifestyle that we facilitate where we really guard of our own world. Uh, the decisions that we make, how we spend our time and our money and the things that we do, we're God. But the moment I release control of that, God becomes God. And then money is no longer God. Because without realizing it, so many of us are slaves to money. We worship money. And so much of our, our conscious daily behavior uh, is to do with money, to get more money. And uh, we're trying to figure out uh, how to get more money and, and grow our wealth. And we live for it. But the moment we release control and we hand over ownership to God, He is God. Money is money. Money is not God. I'm not God. And God, myself, money are all in their rightful place. And that's really important to grasp. See, so many of us think that God has claimed to, you know, the bit of money that I put into the offering bag every week. And we think, well, you know what, I'm, I'm being a steward and, and God has some of my money. I put some money in, into the offering bag. Maybe some of you have moved to a place where you go, well, well God has 10% because that's what the Bible says about, you know, tithing 10%. But a proper understanding of ownership and stewardship is not that little bit we put into the bag. It's not 10%. It's not even 50%. Rightful understanding of ownership and stewardship is a full 100% is the Lord's. And again, not just of our money. Understanding that my time, my life, my family, my possessions, 
my skills, my abilities. Everything is the Lord's. And that's quite sobering when we are able to live a life and trust God ultimately into his ownership and his sovereignty because, and I hope this never happens to you, but if your house is burnt to the ground, there's no uh, loss because it wasn't yours anyway. If your house gets broken into and possessions are stolen or uh, your car is written off or your car is stolen or a cell phone or a computer or something is, is taken, you're not devastated by the loss because it wasn't yours anyway. And that even goes into our lives if uh, the news comes that uh, it's terminal or something along those lines. Again, it's, it doesn't devastate us because not even our lives are ours. It's the Lord's. And we just steward even our lives. We're able to do this. We're able to put our trust this much into the Lord because think of who the Lord is and what he's done in our own lives. Of course we can trust in a God who so freely just gave up his own son for us. Surely we can trust in a God who did not withhold the one thing that would save us. His sinless son, Jesus, the one who was without sin, who became sin for us so we could know the righteousness of God. That God will go so far into securing relationship with us and if we can trust him with our very salvation, surely we can trust him with every aspect of our lives. And this is a mistake that so many of us make. So many people, they've fallen into uh, this trap, something that we call heavenism where you know, we only go to church and be a Christian so that I can get into heaven because I want to enjoy this life and I want to make sure that I get to enjoy the next life and I want to be safe in this life and I want to be safe in the next. So all I do is I believe in Jesus to tick that box so one day I'm going to go to heaven. But if God has gone so far in, in ensuring a right relationship with us, Surely we don't just uh, play the part of a Christian to hopefully secure heaven, but we surrender everything to him and understand who he is and what he has done for us and the magnitude of God and his ownership and creatorship of all things. Spoke about, you know, stewardship in the Christian life. Stewardship isn't this narrow subsection of Christianity. It is Christianity. Stewardship is, is understanding that everything I have is the Lord's. And I need to be a wise, faithful steward of making sure that I use what he has entrusted me with to grow and further his kingdom. To make an impact for him that people know who he is in this world. So that question again that I asked earlier in the message Lord, what do you want me to do with your money and your possessions? I'm going to pray for us and the music team's going to come up, but I want you uh, to do something uh, for me this evening. Part of uh, what the Lord has been saying to us um, as a church. Yeah, come up, music team, come. Part of what we've been uh, feeling the Lord has been saying to us as a church is this this whole thing of walking in faith and just trusting God and, and taking steps of faith. And 
as we have been speaking tonight quite hectically about uh, possessions, our wealth, 100% trusting, surrendering to the Lord. I understand that this can be uh, quite a hectic thing and, and there might be pushback in our lives. And this is a scary uh, thing to be thinking through. But I want us to all uh, think uh, and, and, and be praying in faith. And so what I want you to do is stand with me. And what I want you to do is I want you to put your hands out in, in closed fists like this. And, and what this is, is what you're holding in your hand is all that you own. This is your wealth. Uh, this is your possessions. Uh, this is uh, your abilities. This is everything that's, that you have in this world. And when I start to pray for us, what I want you to do as an act of faith to embark on this journey with us is at some point, open up your hands and what you're doing when you're opening up your hands is saying, God, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering my ownership of everything I have and I'm giving it up to you because it is yours. And when you open up your hands, you're going, God, your owner, I'm steward. And I want to go on a journey of becoming a faithful steward of all the resources that you have given me with for the extension of your kingdom. So let's pray. Father God, thank you that we can put our faith and trust in a God who has never failed his people once. If there is anything we can trust in, it's the unshakable, unwavering nature and character of you, God Almighty who has proven over and over and over again that you will always remain faithful. We can trust you, God, because you even gave up your son, Jesus, for us to be in relationship with you. God, help us to surrender everything we have to you. Move us to a place, God, where we let go of our ownership, of our possessions, our homes, our wealth, our money, even our lives. Say, God, you are the owner and we are just merely stewards who you have entrusted this all to. God, by faith, help me to be a faithful steward of all that you have entrusted to me. Amen. Guys, because our faith and trust is rooted in the nature and the character of God who has proven himself faithful to us in Jesus. We're gonna sing a song celebrating the relationship that we have with Jesus. And so as you've surrendered in faith, uh, let's worship God remembering his ultimate uh, uh, gift to us and surrendering of his son Jesus to us in the cross. Thanks, Robin.